Today in the Attorney Career Advice Podcast with Harrison Barnes. To be successful, you need to have this kind of very strong desire to win. When you're doing plaintiffs-related work, you're doing things where you may lose half the time as well. So it's scary. The other thing that's interesting, too, is that the best litigators really do not care very much what other people think of them. The other thing that's important to understand is a lot of attorneys do not want to stay in law firms or have the stress of developing business. And when you work for a an any transactional practice area, which would be corporate or real estate or patent or whatever, it's very easy to get jobs in-house at some point if that's what you decide what you want to do. But once someone starts practicing litigation, you're, you're, you really don't have that option going in-house. And I wrote here, it's once an attorney starts practicing litigation, they're going to be surrounded by deadlines, angry judges, hostile appointments, and until they kill themselves, die or heart attack, cancer is also calm, which is true, quits the practice law, retires. And, and the, meanwhile, the litigator, and this is true. It's, again, it's a very stressful job. Imagine you're dealing with all the stress all the time and these people coming at you and yelling at you and putting you down and you're getting older and, and you get divorced and substance abuse and, and that's a problem. And not only that, but it's not, some, it's not as easy to walk away from. If you're a corporate attorney working in a company and a law firm, there's going to be a lot of people that are going to be interested in you. And employment is a litigation job where you can go in-house. But most litigation jobs are very difficult to get in-house positions with. Now, you can certainly work for an insurance company and some other things. But for the most part, it's very difficult to get a job in-house as a litigator. And most of the markets where they can work are a law firm. A lot of them also start their own practices. But if they don't like law firms, they're often out of luck. So they sometimes they can go to work in government and things. But it's much more difficult to get really good in-house jobs as a litigator than other practice areas. And it's just very rare. There's not a lot of in-house litigation jobs. And transactional attorneys have lots and lots of options with in-house jobs. So it's just if that's something you want to do, if you ever are thinking you might prefer to be in-house or somewhere else, it's very difficult to have that option as a litigator, whereas that option is definitely an option if you're in most transactional practice areas. The other thing is to be successful, you need to have this kind of very strong desire to win. And it's not, you need to have that desire because your clients expect it and that's what they're hiring you for. And it's not, you can't be wishy-washy. And I've seen litigators that are wishy-washy and they're horrible. And there are a lot like that, but you need to have a lot of energy. You need to want to win. And unfortunately, that type of right out of bushy-tailed enthusiasm, people get it beat out of them. Very, when they're very young. And as you get older and, and, and as a litigator and you've experienced a lot of losses and angry clients and judges and difficulty from your peers and co-counsel and all these things, you can age very quickly and you lose that enthusiasm. A lot of times people that are litigators, you look at them and they're very flat and they'll do the work, but they're just like, wow, this is just what the heck. And they're just surrounded by all these pressures that are much more and people in other professions experience and and they're expected to win. It's not when you're a corporate attorney or transactional attorney, it's not like you have to win, but you're expected to have to win and you're expected to be enthusiastic and take your client's side and, and fight and be trying to make the other side look bad. And and everyone's doing the same thing with you. And and it's stressful. It's not like other practice areas. And and everybody wants you to screw up and every everyone including people in your own firm that's i talk to attorneys all the time that are like oh i i want to get out of this because even 
my peers are competitive with me. And it's true. It's very difficult. And you're constantly at risk of losing your job many times. And it's very stressful. And, and you can become, as, you're, as these problems and things continue, as you can lose your desire to win, you can become more like a PTSD victim. It's interesting. There was I remember talking to a, a partner in, in a law firm, and he said that he was with another partner, and they were, and this is from a very big firm, and they were getting ready to do a trial. And or they were in a trial, and the partner, one of the partners, who was an older guy, like probably in his late fifties at that point, pulled out this, this pillbox and and had all of these uppers and things that he used. And he said, "You can't possibly be expected to keep this energy and perform like this without some sort of outside help." Which I thought was funny, but it's true. A lot of the most successful one, you have to have this desire and and really ability to win, and. A lot of them lose it after a while, and it's particular to litigation because it can be so stressful. They, a lot of them take a lot of anxiety medicine. When they talk, they sound drugged sometimes, and because they're just, it's like they're shell-shocked and like PTSD victims. And so then they take, start taking all these things to get them all pumped up, and, and then that makes the, gives a result that they're more messed up on things. So I remember this is just a big firm attorney. I know she told me she was going to she was jacked up on all the stimulants. I don't know if it was Adderall or whatever. She said he was going to go meet the king of Thailand about talking about opening a chain of marijuana dispensaries. So sometimes they can get delusional. And, uh, but it's just, it's hard. So it's a very hard job. You have to be continually wanting to win. And imagine if you've lost 25 cases or, or hundreds of cases and you've won some, but you've lost a lot and clients are mad at you and everything. Imagine how you feel after having done that for a long time. It's just, you just, you lose the will to win and fight. And that's what happens. And that's one of the reasons also that a lot of times younger attorneys are much more favored in that practice area. And the other thing that's interesting is a lot of times the litigation jobs are the most money at stake, pay the least and have the least stability. One of the things is one of some of the ones where you can make the most money are typically when you're a plaintiff and, and you're suing large companies and, and that sort of thing. And, and these are the exact sorts of jobs many times that pay the least. So if you want to learn how to file class actions or to do mesothelioma or these sort of things, you have to be able to go and work for firms and they're not going to pay very much to start. You'll make very little. So if, if the starting, if the sal equivalent salary to law firm is 300000 you might make 75000 doing that. And again, when you're doing plaintiff's related work, you're doing things where you may lose half the time as well. So it's scary. And then, but if you want to make the most money possible, you really need to be many times doing work as a plaintiff's attorney. And you can have very good financial rewards, but it also has a ton of risk associated with it. And then a lot of times plaintiff's attorneys are very interesting. They'll spend the whole career litigating things and, and never win a case or big cases. Or then they're always talking about, oh, I got this case, I might win. But what happens a lot of times is they get beaten down and they lose because the skills of the defense attorneys are better. So you, you can, I guess what I'm trying to say is, even as a plaintiff's attorney, you still have to be able to come up with better arguments and, and be more persuasive and have better negotiation skills and be more enthusiastic and then have, better, be, have the ability to form better arguments than the people you're up against. And what'll ha what happens a lot of times is the plaintiff's attorneys end up looking very stupid compared to the way that the major firms are doing things. The major firms and the people there are often able to beat you up. And it's just, it's scary. So it's just something to consider if it's something that you want to do. You have to be very good, very hungry, and very, 
interested in doing a good job. The other thing that's interesting too is that the best litigators really do not care very much what other people think of them. Most attorneys, for the most part, are very concerned with what others think of them, what their how their firm is perceived, and many times they're just very weak and they don't have the will or the gumption to fight with others. And being a litigator is very, very contentious. It's not it's not something where you should be worrying about what others think of you. You should be able to intimidate others and to get what you want. You shouldn't care about getting along with others or what they think of you because you want to be, you really want to care about your client. And if you care what others think of you, then are you easily intimidated, then you're going to get trampled over and you're going to lose cases. It's not, you cannot be good at your job if you can be manipulated or made to feel guilty or frightened or tricked. And that's what's interesting. To be a really good litigator, you need to just not even care. You have to be able to stand up for yourself and not care what others think. And you also have the ability to frighten the other side and not care what they think. And you can't, the best personal injury attorneys, the best litigators and every, defense attorneys, they're all like that. They don't care. Like they're not, they're you're like, they're getting the big girl in the jungle and you're happy yelling at people and being in your chest to get your way. And you need the ability to do this and you can't care what others think of you. And this is the problem. You have to be there's different firms and different cultures and things in the way firms do things. But for the most part, like if you want to be very good at being a litigator, you need to be very confident and not worried at all about how others, what others think of you or what, because your goal is to the truth and to doing the best you can. And the problem with most attorneys and litigators are one of them is that they are very concerned with others think of them. It's a middle-class profession. I don't say that in a negative way, but what I mean by that is people that are middle class tend to be concerned about what others think of them. And, and it's just the way it is. And because they need to fit in, they need to oppress clients and they go to school so they can get into the, it's just, this is all like the ways people think. And you need to, you need to be able to be concerned about just doing whatever you can. So not just not being smart is not part of it. It's also just not caring. And you need to be able to sell courts in your ideas and you need to convince the other side. You need to be, you need to be a fighter and out for blood. And then you just can't care. And, and these things are very important about trying to be good. And, and there's just, again, so many people care what other people think of them. And those people in this particular type of job, it's not the right position for you. If you're concerned about looking bad and things, you, it just doesn't work. Do you know the secrets to getting your dream legal job? We do. And one of the best things you can do is apply to jobs that fly under the radar. Applying to openings with very little competition means you stand a much higher chance of getting hired. But how do you find openings like that? For starters, you're not going to find them on major job boards because these jobs are usually only advertised on companies' websites and in small regional publications. That is why we created Law Crossing, the most comprehensive database of legal jobs in the world. We have a team of people constantly working to find every single legal job out there. Unlike other job boards, which only list jobs that companies pay to post, we include every legal job we can find in order to maximize your chances of finding a job. So, what are you waiting for? Head over to www.lawcrossing.com to find your dream legal job today. The best litigators are also need to be extremely creative and intelligent. What that means is you need to be able to come up with novel arguments. Uh, you need to be able to find solutions that are not obvious, meaning people wouldn't expect that the type of solutions you're coming up with are novel and interesting and not what normal people would do. They're 
you need to find all these different ways to be able to solve problems and and things that normal people wouldn't do. And it requires a lot of interest and drive and intelligence. And I'm going to hate to say this, but I've talked about this a little bit so far. With a litigator, and again, I hate saying this, but it's true. Having really good LSAT scores, being extremely smart, being having good grades is all, are all signs of people that can process information and, and come up often with the very best solutions. And again, I don't like saying this, but I have noticed and repeatedly that you take someone that got a really good score in the LSAT and, and someone that didn't and, or went to has really, and you put them, you give two of them the same legal problem. It's just the results are, again, I'm not criticizing people on good LSAT scores because it's not the whole thing. But the point is that people that are very smart do better and get much better results for their clients than people that aren't. It's just because they can come up, they, two people look at the same problem and they can come up with these incredible insights. I'll just tell you myself, like I've come up against people that are much smarter than me and watch how they come up with solutions. And it's incredible. Like I had a guy once working for me that gone to, got into Harvard Law School, but then he chose to go to Berkeley or something. And he graduated when he was like 19 or something. And he's like autodidact, extremely smart, perfect score in his LSATs and all this. And But this guy would look at legal problems that and would come up with solutions by seeing the law like when no one else, I don't know how people do it. And there's some people that are very smart and, and that's an important thing. And it's not just test-taking smarts. There's also other types of intelligence, so synthetic and processing. But this sort of stuff is important to be a good litigator. And because when you come up against people that are more intelligent than you, if you don't have those skills, and again, it doesn't necessarily mean the LSAT and me, you can certainly do really well doing this without doing well in the LSAT, but you have to have some natural skills. And I, again, I don't like saying any of this, but this is what the best litigators do. And if you don't have this, it's like being a heavyweight boxer with no muscles. You can, anybody can step into the ring and box, but if you don't have this intellectual firepower, think of what's going to happen to you. And that's one reason, like, I hate saying all this stuff. But again, you're, if you're trying to compete in this field, then you really want to make sure that you have the skills and, and that you think you can develop them to be really good at it. Because if you don't, it again, just you're going into a profession where unless you have some sort of way to some sort of niche or something where it's going to be very hard for you. And it's not about just regurgitating the law. It's about constantly coming up with new arguments and, and you don't want to be average at it. You need to, you do need to be intelligent. And even if you aren't that intelligent, you need to be driven to find solutions to problems that are not obvious. And, and a good litigator is constantly finding solutions and that other attorneys uh, fail to appreciate or defend against. And I've seen many attorneys shut down the other side very quickly with creativity. It's amazing. Like I, the people that are smartest at this can walk into rooms and understand things and come up with solutions and sell them to the other side that makes their client win when cases could go on for months or years, it's very interesting. And and you're going to get, I don't know, milk toast, if that's the right word, but you're going to be really good. You're going to need to, you need to be able to come up with very creative solutions to complex problems. And you need to be, it needs to be something that interests you in doing that because that's what the best people do. And then they become very enthusiastic about being like that. And I, again, I'm not trying to practice eugenics here or anything by saying you need to be very smart to do this, but this kind of stuff needs to interest you and you need to commit to this kind of thinking and learning about this if you want to be good. And then this is just another thing about 
litigator. So it's funny, actually, but if you want to continually be very good at being a litigator, you need to be a merchant of fear and doing upsells. You're constantly telling clients that you need to do research, or you need to file these motions, or you need to take all these expensive actions to protect them. And I have never seen uh, any, practically any litigator that doesn't, has not not a master of generating huge bills for their clients by finding more and more work to be done, even work that many times is unnecessary. So if there's potential work to be done, then litigators are going to find a reason to, for it to make it to be done and to make convincing arguments to do it. It's this is what they do. They they will scare a client and say, we need to do this research, we need to do this, we need to file this, we need to do this to protect you. And so they will many times, and, I, and again, this is a skill, they will generate huge fees by doing work that certainly protects the client and maybe necessary, but maybe not. It's walking into, a, if you walk into a nail salon and you say, I want I want you to paint my nails. Well, maybe they say, first, we need to charge you money to do your cuticles or I don't know, whatever. And then we need to, then before we do that, we're going to want to put your hands in a steamer because maybe that'll help get off old. Just to come up with 10 different, I'm just saying an example. So before they even paint your nails, they're going to do 20 different things. It's going to make the price four or five times as expensive. Is that all necessary? Probably not. But is it okay? Yes. But this is what law firms do. They all do. And it's not Again, the bigger the client, the more they do it. And it's, I'm not saying it's bad because it's what the business is. But that if you're not an expert in, uh, in doing this kind of stuff, or you think it's you think it's immoral to write ten different memos about things for for a case before this is what they do. And and again, if you don't participate in this, and a lot of times it is nonsense, many firms will not keep you around. It's just. You have to be, this is the game. The game is to do a lot of discovery, to do, and is it necessary? Is it maybe, maybe, who knows, but this is the job. And if you're not in, into that, then you're going to get in trouble, especially in the largest firms. You have to do in-depth research and all this sort of stuff. And if you don't play with this game, you're going to lose your job. And if you're not doing this as a partner, you're not going to get, you're not going to make as much money. You're not going to do as well either. So. Partners need to do this. Partners will work cases. This is just the business. And again, it's not being thorough is not a crime. So charging clients to be extra thorough is what clients expect sometimes. But but again, this is how money's made. This is how people's backs are protected. This is how things work. And you have to be able to sell people on fear that if they don't do this and they need to do this and they need to do this, and this is the job. And if you don't do it, then you're not going to you're not going to be popular as an associate. You're not, you're expected to find work to be done and bill a lot of hours. And then the other thing is the requirement is you have to, uh, you have to be able to be calculating. You have to be able to engage in gamesmanship and play games. You have to have the ability to play games with the other side. You have to be able to give your play games and get advantages for your clients in every way possible meaning you you manipulate facts, you manipulate deadlines, you cancel things, you agree to things and don't agree to them. And this is the game. And and you can be secretive information, you can communicate vague information and ways to back out of what you committed to. These are just these are what the best litigators do. It's a game. And you can feign illness, you can feign illness from your client. You can these are just all things how it works. And and this is what they do. And if you don't like being calculated and playing these games, especially as a big commercial litigator and stuff, then you're going to get in trouble. You have to be calculated. You have to be 
calculating with information, with deadlines, and 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 you have to be, you need to do it. And, uh, and then you need to realize when people are playing games with you and you can participate and try to put the game in your favor. And, and this is how they, this is the game. And again, there are people that don't like these sort of games. I don't like them. I think it's crazy. Like, I, it's not something that interests me. So would I be a good litigator? No, I would. There's things I would be good at, but is this part of it that I would not be good at? Yes. I don't like that. I don't think that way. I'm not, but this is how people think. I remember, I remember these accountants that for some reason, these people I know that are accountants are just weird with information stuff and cameras in their houses and little boxes where things are locked up and secrets and just, I don't know, but I've known a couple of accountants like that. I thought it was interesting. And this is, but this kind of calculating behavior and stuff is what the job a lot of times is. And you have to be good at it. And this is what people do. They do it to undermine their opponents. And then if someone's doing it to you and you're a litigator, like you're and you're not like that and aren't ready for that, it's going to, it can be brutal. And, and so the less calculated attorney will often get so outdone that they may give up in exasperation because these, there's so many traps and games and things that are being played. So imagine, I just want you to understand, one of the reasons it's so stressful, this job, is because people are playing games with you all the time. And not only that, but then you have bosses and courts and clients and things, and the other side's going to be playing games. And this is what good people do. And they do this so they can win. And it's just part of the game. And, and so you need to enjoy this. And again, most people don't. But if you don't enjoy this or you don't, it doesn't come naturally to you or you don't think this is fun, then it's going to be very hard for you to be a litigator because not only are you expected to be very good at writing and conceptualizing arguments and these sort of things, but you need to be able to be calculating, play games with the other side and pretend like you're agreeing to things and be vague and agree to certain things and get the other side to agree to things and then let them fall down and then use against them. These are all things that that happened. And, and these litigators are masters of playing these games with each other. And, and, and then even in your own firm, wherever you're working, people will play games against you that are against less calculated attorneys and they'll destroy you. This is the game. And so it's all, this is how it works. And I'm just bringing this up because again, if you don't have these skills or like this, or it doesn't come naturally to you, and it's not the kind of thing you want to develop, then it's something that you need to be aware of that's going on, that happens in firms and that you need to constantly be on top of. The other thing is litigation requires a huge commitment, extreme commitment to clients. And you may have seen like different court shows and things where a litigator gets worked up about a client's matter and then the client loses, the, the attorney gets very depressed. And, and this is the sort of thing like you need to be really worked up about your client's case. And you need to really be able to think about it all the time. And, and it's got to be personal to you. And it's not casual work. It's, it's if you commit to your clients at a high level, then and you're unwilling to, you think this is casual or you think your client's stupid or like these type of attorneys like never last in the profession. Like you have to be all over it and you need to be extremely committed. And, and if you're someone that wants to work in a lifestyle firm or, you know, that, that's fine. People, there's nothing wrong with that. But, but if you're a litigator, you're not going to be good at it. You can't be, there's no such thing as a good lifestyle litigator because these sorts of client fights escalate and, and they go on and things are happening and you can't take any of this stuff casually. It's very serious. And then because of that, you have to be able to drive yourself hard and, be, and the job is stressful. And because of it, many people have a lot of problems in, with intimate relationships and health problems and 
other things. And you have to take it, you also have to almost be involved in these issues emotionally and, and take it very seriously and then be very excited and talk yourself up about how great you are when you're winning. I knew a litigator that had never lost a case, and this has been practicing very long, 20 years. And then when he did lose a case, he didn't sleep for three days. And then incredibly, he researched every possible way he could think of to win the case back, meaning how we, would, how we could appeal it and all these things. And then he ended up coming back and winning the case. And the litigators are more likely to use substances and smoke. I mean, the, people don't smoke anymore, but do things to relieve the pressure. And really, they really the best ones take the side of their client and then their whole motivation becomes about making sure that their client wins at all costs. And this is how it should be. They need to care deeply about their work and they really want to win at all costs. And it's just, you need to be like this. You can't, it's not, if you don't care about clients or you're not extremely concerned about it, and it's not something that gets you all fired up and you think then you're not going to be good because you're going to go up against people that are, and that's part of the problem. And then you need to like and be good at fighting. You need to like conflict. You need to, you need to enjoy fighting with other attorneys. You need to enjoy fighting with clients and pretty much everyone you encounter because there's, this is what conflict and litigation is. And you need to be motivated by fighting. And, and that's just it. It's a, there's nothing about litigation that's non-adversarial. It's 100% adversarial. It's not a cooperative job. It's, not, it's all adversarial. You need to be interested in fighting all the time. And, and if you are the kind of person that when you're faced with conflict, you back down, you get upset, and you don't get a positive charge from it, then that's not good. Because when you fight with others, you need to be able to get a charge from this. You need to be excited by it. And, and you need to be good at fighting, arguing. And, you need, and if you're not good at these things, then you're going to constantly be on the defensive and losing fights and not doing well. And any litigator that knows how to fight, if they come up against a less gifted person that doesn't have to fight, they're just going to beat that person up with documents, threats, motions, and different things, and be, and they will lose. And, and this is what happens. I just want, the reason I'm going into so much detail here is I want you to, if this stuff excites you, like beating up the other side and hitting them with all sorts of paper, then you're probably going to be very good at this, but, or you're in the right profession. But if you're not, it's very, you're in the wrong, you're not doing the right thing. Because what happens to most litigators is they, if they, if, they, they're able to beat up the other side and scare the other side away, then, then they'll get the other side to settle and they'll help their client. But if they're not like that, they will. And many people are unsuited to practicing law and they will lose cases. And when they're confronted by attorneys that are much better fighting than they are. And again, most of your best class action, like your plaintiff's attorneys and, and stuff are extremely good at fighting. And they are able to intimidate even the best large law firms because of how well they fight and how well they intimidate people and how much they scare people. They yell and they do all sorts of things. And most clients never realize that this skill of fighting and, and really getting all over people is exceptionally important and something that litigators have to do. And then the final one is you need to be able to get paid. And good litigators need to be able to get paid by their clients. And, and you need to be able to it's very difficult for litigators to always get paid. And it's very interesting. So years ago, there was an attorney that I hired to do work for me. He's down the hall in our office. And, and I went to him with some work and he took a look at the work and invited me to his office and his entire demeanor changed. And, and he basically said he just won. It was funny. He said he just won this $30 million verdict, was retiring, and, and he'd been doing work for me in the past and no longer needed to do any work for me because he'd won this big case. He was very excited for himself. And I walked out of his office feeling, what the hell? He's 
he was just very excited for himself. And uh, several months later, I saw him in the elevator and asked him why he was still working. And, uh, and he said that the verdict was overturned in appeal and then he was open for business again. Do you want to grow your legal career? A lateral move might be the right choice to get you on track for your career goals. Working with a legal placement firm like BCG Attorney Search can open doors for you and help you live the life you dream of. If you're looking for a new legal job, send us your resume so we can help. Visit www.bcgsearch.com and click on Submit Resume to be paired with one of our legal placement professionals who will work tirelessly on your behalf to get you your dream legal job. Submit your resume to www.bcgsearch.com to get started today. And so getting paid, whether you're a plaintiff's attorney or a defense attorney, is very difficult. And and even when attorneys win verdicts, and they they may have a difficult collecting. And and then again, for litigators, getting paid by your client is also very difficult. So clients will find all sorts of reasons for not paying bills. We'll try to reduce bills. They'll fight paying bills. They'll do all sorts of things. And again, clients are constantly losing and not getting good results. And so they don't want to pay the litigator, and especially if they lose. And so often when the client doesn't want to pay, they'll start throwing words around like malpractice and calling the state bar. And that scares attorneys. And so attorneys then will end up with, you know, end up not collecting the money. Okay, so I'm going to take a few questions. I do have a, let me just see here, a hard stop in a little bit, but I will, let me take some questions here and then I will move on. So give me one second here. First question, and, and sorry about this, I don't have a ton of time today, but I'm going to answer as many of these questions as I can. What are some of the most common misconceptions about being a litigator among aspiring attorneys. I think the biggest misconception is that people, the things I talked about today, I think a lot of times uh, people don't understand the stress and the skills necessary to be good at it. There's so many skills that can, that are important. And I think a lot of people end up missing. Oh, hold on a second. Missing the, missing, sorry, I didn't put the word document up. They end up missing the skills and things that they need to do to be good at it. And, and if you don't have those skills, the, then you're often going to be in trouble. So I think the biggest misconception is people think it's something that they're not, that it's not, and they don't understand kind of the level of commitment to be really good at it. So this next question is interesting. It says, how can law students or junior lawyers determine whether they have the temperament and skill set necessary to be a successful litigator? I would say just based on what I've said today, I've talked about all this in negative fashion. And, and so everything I've said about being able to fight with being motivated by your clients, by wanting to negotiate and the, being able to intimidate the other side and all these sorts of things. Like if you don't have that natural ability or that doesn't appeal to you, then you're probably not going to be that great of a litigator. So everything that I've said, you should hear me say, you have to be really good at research and you have to really understand that. And if that doesn't excite you, what I, if that sort of thing doesn't excite you, then it's probably not a good idea for you to be a litigator. If, it, if playing games on the other side doesn't excite you, then it's probably not a good idea to be a litigator. And so that's the biggest thing I would say. How can lawyers with extensive litigation experience effectively market their skills and experience uh, to potential employers in a non-litigation field? So what's interesting about being a litigator is that I think it really prepares people very well for a lot of professions. I think things that involve writing, sales, also different types of things. I think that lawyers can do very well. 
And I think that they do. I think they can do, especially litigators can do very well in business and they can do exceptionally well in a lot of fields. And I think, I think that the skill set of having fighting with all these different people and everything that kind of goes into it can make someone an exceptional attorney. I think that the more, the more exceptional in other fields. And I think it's a, I think you get very good skills from it, much better than in a lot of other fields. And I think that when attorneys do it, I think they end up, when attorneys go into other fields, like whether it's business or, or whatever, I think that they tend to do very well. And so I think, yeah, that's a good question. Let's see here. There's a lot of questions about this. Same thing. Okay. Um, what alternative career paths are available for litigators? And how do these paths differ in terms of skill sets required potential earnings? So I think I already answered that, but a lot of litigators can, there's different types of litigators, like commercial litigators can go into family law or they can go into different types of litigation. So there's all different types of litigation that you can go into. Typically, the idea would be your potential earnings are going to be the largest when you're working for the largest firms, or if you're working in plaintiff's work when you're doing the largest types of lawsuits. So the bigger things are, the more income you'll typically make. But in terms of alternative career paths, what I would say is that you can, you can go, attorneys go into business, they go into politics. It's very common for, for litigators to be in politics. So if you look at most politicians that become the people that are attorneys that become politicians, most of them are litigators. And, and that gives you, I think it gives you a good background on that as a skill. So I think that can be helpful. What impact might a decision to leave litigation have on an attorney's professional reputation? If you don't want to be a litigator, then leaving litigation is perfectly fine. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. If you don't want to be a litigator, in terms of your professional reputation, I don't know how to answer. If you don't want to be a litigator, then you really, or you don't want to be, it's not going to, I don't know how that would impact your professional reputation because you've, because you're not, that's not your profession anymore. But I think someone said, what is alternative career path? And this is the previous question. So this may, you have government, you can always, there's a lot of litigation in government. You have politics, you have politics, you can be a judge. There's so many, or you can be a, I don't know, you can be, you can work in a in company or some, there's company, not as many jobs doing that, but there are jobs. There's, you can be a professor, law professor or college teacher. There's, there's all sorts of college professor. There's all sorts of positions that attorneys go into that are litigators. And so litigators are in all branches of government and they're judges and they're all sorts of things. So if you leave litigation in a law firm, you can certainly do these other things that are related. And that's a lot people do a lot of that, or you can go to work somewhere else. Now, if you want to work in another practice area, a lot of times litigators, the nice thing about litigation too, by the way, and I didn't really talk about that, but litigation, like attorneys do a lot of different things. They can become you can go, if you're like, if you're a commercial litigator's example, like commercial, you can, you have the skills to do when you learn the family law or, I don't know, insurance law, or you could do plaintiff's law, or there's so many, or employment law, like defense or plaintiff's. There's just so many things you can, employment law, defense or plaintiff. So there's just so many different things uh, that you can do uh, as a litigator that you wouldn't, that a lot of people wouldn't do. I mean, that when you have those experience, when you when you have that skill, it's this next question is. And by the way, if you ask, if you use your name in these questions, I won't put your name up there, so you don't have to worry about that. How does stress and work life balance differ between litigation and non litigation practices? What factors should attorneys consider when evaluating this? 
So litigation, there, there's different practice areas. You have litigation and then you have, I would say, litigation-related practice areas, and then and then you have transactional practice areas. So the difference between litigation and transaction-related practice areas, and that's it's a very good question, is typically with litigation, you're dealing with lots of deadlines, you're dealing with people, you're dealing with people that are very upset and emotional, you're dealing with lots of people finding errors in your work and, and criticizing you and not and being adverse to you and not cooperating with you. Whereas in a transactional, was in a trans, but isn't transactional related practice areas that it, you're not dealing with as much of that. If you're writing someone's will or you're doing a trust document, you're not really dealing with all that sort of stuff that you might be dealing with in litigation. So it's just different. There's litigators tend to enjoy being in positions where they're fighting with people and, and where they're adverse and they're, they have to get very passionate about whatever they're doing. And non-litigators, typically, they don't have to be, it's more, it's just different. It's more flat, I guess, and not, doesn't have to be emotional. Okay, this is the next question. So can you explain the differences between litigating in large law firms versus small or boutique firms? Okay, so larger law firms, boutique firms and larger law firms, it's a good, it's a good question. But Typically, the larger law firms are going to be, law firms will be more thorough and the clients, the clients are willing to spend more money. Not always, spend more money. What that means is there's going to be more people involved, more paperwork. I don't know how to say this, but more, more expense and less responsibility, especially for associates and junior associates. That's, this is the, these are general statements about it. And then, your smaller and your boutique firms, um, typically they're, it's not always that way, but it's most of them are going to be less thorough because the clients are not wanting to spend as much money, not always, but clients not spending as much money. And so they're going to be less thorough, have fewer people involved, and then you'll probably get more responsibility. So that can be good. And people like that. Is one way better than the other? The Smaller boutique firms will typically represent smaller clients, so that's not good. They will, that's, that could be good or bad, or they won't, this is just how it works. So you'll learn at a smaller boutique firm, you may learn how to do matters more efficiently, and you may get better, more experience, but you may not be taught to do things as thoroughly. So I talked a lot about how you need to be able to work matters very hard when you're working in a big firm as opposed to a small firm. and meaning in a lot of depth and spend a lot of money. And that's true. That's something when you're going to learn things a little differently. One of the things about working in a smaller boutique firm many times is you're more likely to probably also to be able to make partner, to get more client contact, to have a longer term career there than you might um, with a large firm. Okay, so how do you assess whether a law firm is a good fit for a litigator? And what factors do you consider in this assessment? Okay, every so it's up to the individual how to decide what a good fit is for you. But typically, if you're a litigator, you want to go to a law firm that that I would say to a lot to a great extent matches what you think is important from a cultural standpoint and with the type of work and doing things the way you want. And you're not really going to understand that unless you interview with the people and people there because different firms do things in different ways. And some large law firms may do things in one way and smaller law firms in another. And, and so you'll just 
understand that. And uh, and it's up to you. You have to work with firms to read to understand. I mean, you have to know the reputation of places and the way they do things. So some law firms would never consider really being that insulting to a candidate. Other law firm, a client, others are the other side. Others would be have no problem with it. I mean, it just depends that how that works. So I think I've answered this question and I'll answer this last one. And then I do have a little bit of a hard stop today because I'm traveling. So in your experience, what are some of the most common reasons that lawyers decide to move away from litigation or they quit? Typically, it's the stress, the feeling like their life is out of control, out of control, feeling unable to to see, not liking being surrounded by enemies. Just, there's so many reasons that people are being surrounded enemies. Feeling like you're losing all the time, losing, not having clients. There's all sorts of reasons. And I would say of all the practice areas out there, I really do respect the profession and the people that do it. And I've seen firsthand how difficult it is. I would also say, and the positive aspects of it are people that are well suited to this definitely belong in this profession and can do very well. And okay, that's it. So this has been, this was about litigation today. I don't know that next week I'll do something about corporate. I mean, I may, but but I will, I enjoyed we, the past several weeks we've done, this was about litigation. I think this was a good webinar, even though it doesn't apply to all people, uh, because we were able to cover what it's like to be a litigator as opposed to what to so many people are litigators. But one of the things I would like to do in the next week or so after this webinar would be, and I apologize for not getting to everyone's questions, but what I would like to do is I would like to maybe talk a little bit about how to position your resume with a correct practice, with the correct words and things to get and, and to make it so you can and basically find the right jobs and get hired by people. So the kind of words and things that you can use in your resume, that's something I've been working on quite a bit, which is fun. I can let me just show you here these kind of tags and things like there's certain words that that appear like I've been studying them that appear and that are very relevant to certain practice areas. So I may want to go over that in the next week or so, because I think that's a very um, interesting topic and something that could help a lot of people. So I'll go over that. And But I appreciate everyone being here today. I'm sorry I don't have more time for questions. And we, I will be back next week. And then hopefully we can do something on these keywords in the next week or so. I'd love to do that. That's all the time we have for this edition of the show. If you are an attorney looking for a change, head on to bcgsearch.com. 